Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. I was thinking as I get ready to come, you know, you're talking about Easter and every, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, okay, they're going to tell me about, you know, Jesus rolled away to the tomb and he's alive and that's, that's true and it's all great. But my mind tried to grab a hold of it and said, what does Easter mean to me? Now, Easter means a million things. The event of Easter, you know, the resurrection of Christ is tremendous, changed our life forever. But there's a couple of things that Easter really just kind of like kind of bubbled up on the inside of me thinking like, if I had a coin for today, what does Easter mean for you today? What does that mean? What, what is the act of resurrection from the dead do for me in my daily life, Pastor Chris? That's what I want to talk to you about. You know, we've been talking about come alive. You know, coming alive means this in the Bible. It means to live again. You know, sometimes life doesn't even feel like we're living it. You know, we just seem to be going through the motions. Status quo life. Am I really fulfilling my purpose? You know, sometimes in life I think it's scary because you don't want to get to the end of it and live in regret because I didn't fulfill it while I had time to fulfill it. So we got all that stuff going on, right? Like, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I really alive? Or am I just going through the motions? Not just with church, but with life. You know what I mean? Get up every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Hey, the weekend's here. If we're, uh, everybody's living for the weekend, let's hope not. You know what I mean? Great song, but it doesn't really work well with life. No, I need to be loving every minute of every day, right? Maximizing every minute of every day. That's what Jesus said. I come to give you life and give you life more abundantly. The abundant life, that's the best life. Now, he didn't say everything was going to be easy, and he didn't say you weren't going to go through stuff. That's never, never been said. So let me just talk to you just for a second before we get going. We go through stuff. Well, you know what? If you don't go through stuff, how in the heaven are we going to know we could trust God? If every day I got up and it was perfect world, perfect wife, which I got a perfect wife. Perfect kids. You know those jokers definitely are not perfect. Amen. Right? But no, come on. You know we're laughing. Ha. But right? Come on, perfect world, perfect kids, perfect job, perfect. You go to work and the perfect people in the cube next to you. Some of you go to work with the Antichrist. Come on, catch up. We understand. They haven't been formally defined as them, but they definitely go to work with you. Amen? You know what I'm saying. You run into people. They're off their wall. You got to walk in love. They don't have to walk in love. Sometimes it seems like a Christian, we got to live by different rules than everybody else, and we do. It's a different world. But guess what? We're trying to hang on and hold on and navigate. But am I really alive? That's what this Easter's about. Come alive again. So what's that mean? You know, I love, I love what I'm seeing in the church. I love it, right? We're, it's, like, it's like everybody's excited, right? Revival, excitement, living for God. But I think sometimes I've got to ask myself, am I alive? That's great what God is doing around the world, but what's God doing in me? Am I alive? Am I, am I as excited as I was? Am I excited at all about this? Some of you are in here today are like, I don't even know this God you're talking about. I just came to church, and it, somebody invited me, I came. Well, I got news for you. He's got life and life more abundantly waiting for you. That's up to you. And let me tell you something. I started saying this, and I want you to catch this, because this is a really important part. I heard this preacher say this one time. 
He said, if people only get one chance to see God in you, this might be your only experience. It scared me, man. He said, and he was talking about himself. He said, if people only get one experience to see God, I pray to God I can do him justice. Listen, people will let you down. Church might let you down. Preachers will let you down. But don't, God will never let you down. So don't stop your journey here. Just keep your journey going. God can understand you where you're at. You can talk to God as straight as straight can be. You don't need all the formal, these, thou's, those, and don'ts. You just need to say, Jesus, hey, I need you, man. I need help. I need some hope. I need you. He'll always be there for you, okay? Because he's cool. People in church get all touchy about stuff that God doesn't even care about. It's the truth. Because I started thinking about, I was thinking about that cross. I started thinking about that thief, man. I started thinking about those thieves the other day, Good Friday. I said, you know, here's Jesus in the middle of these two guys. And really, one of them is a clown. He's like, hey, if you are who they, you say you are, get me out of here. Right? He don't know no better. The other guy's smart enough to say this. He said, don't you know we deserve to be here? This guy didn't do nothing. He doesn't deserve to be here. And Jesus told that guy, the thief on the cross, he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. I thought about that thought. I said, what did that guy do the minute he stepped into paradise with Jesus? He didn't say some fancy prayer. He didn't have no theological background. He didn't have no real, he didn't even have no real understanding of what was going on. All he did was what? He just believed. He just believed what he said. And he walked into paradise with Jesus all the while knowing that he didn't deserve it. What was his first? See, this is what I'm trying to get you to think about. It's not as hard as we make it. He said no prayer, didn't do no thing, didn't give no speech, didn't repent of nothing. He just said, I want to be with you. And Jesus said, okay, come with me. Stop making it hard. I didn't say, I'm not dumbing it down, but I got news for you here. I think we make it a whole lot harder to have a relationship with Jesus than Jesus made it to have a relationship with him. Just tell him where you're at. This stinks. I don't like this. I don't, you should be in the car with me. You should hear some of the stuff I say. God, I don't like this. I don't like that. What? Keep your relationship wide open with God. God's big enough to handle all of it. Don't forget that when you leave this building today, okay? That's what you got to go with. So I started thinking about, what are these things? What does it mean? What does Easter mean? What could Easter do? How does Easter respond? What does this mean? To be alive again means to be restored to a correct life. One who returns to a better state. Man, that sounds good, don't it? This is what I coined. Easter means to the Christian that we could have peace with our past, joy in our present, and hope in our future. Got that? I'll say it again. Easter means the Christian can have peace with your past, joy in the present, and hope for your future. Three things I thought about, four things I'm going to give you. Three of them are here. The number one thing I want you to remember this is he gives you faith to face the future. That's what Easter means. He gave me faith. He resurrected from the dead to give you faith. You got your note sheet? There's your number one. He gives you faith to face the future. Faith is simply what you believe. That's all it is. If you believe in Jesus and what he said, he'll give you strength for today. He'll give you hope for tomorrow. He can help you. Look what the Bible says. I love this scripture in second, uh, yeah, Colossians chapter two, verse six. Look at this one. 
In the same way that you receive Jesus our Lord, the Messiah, by faith, continue in your faith journey, your journey of faith, progressing further into union with him. He said this, it's a journey of faith. This is what he gave us access to, that we can have faith no matter what we're facing. Look, I don't know what tomorrow is holding for us, because guess what? Sometimes it's so much up and down, I don't even know if we're going to make it, but guess what? He said, I give you the ability to what? Have faith no matter what and go and press through whatever it is you're facing. He gave you faith for today, faith tomorrow, and faith forever. That's what the resurrection power of Christ did. Gave you ability to face it. Sometimes life will knock the wind out of you, and you don't know what you're going to do. You don't know what you're going to say. You don't know how you're going to respond. But here's the thing you're going to do is know this, that all the while you've got faith from him to sustain and maintain no matter what's going on. Look what it says here in verse 7. Your spiritual roots go deeply into this life as you continually infuse with strength encouraged in every way. For you were established in the faith you absorbed and enriched and devoted for yourself. Your faith in Jesus will give you strength and courage to face every day. Write that down, right next to your point number one. I got strength and courage to face today. You know, with the daycare, I love the daycare, daycare. We got the daycare next door, all the kids are over there. Like little Ava's there, the kids are there. So one time, you know, they're like, Pastor Chris, Pastor Chris. And I love seeing the kids and we're gonna have an Easter egg thing, it's awesome. And they're like, Pastor Chris, will you do chapel for the kids? And I was like, yeah, I can handle chapel. I preach to thousands of people. How hard her chapel be? So all these little kids come over here and they fill up like the first three rows, right? from here to here to there, and they get in there. And I'm like, okay, I'm doing chapel today, right? So I go prep up, I gotta have a word, right? So I'm gonna, let me get my head right for these kids. So the kids come over for chapel. They're like funny, right? They walk across, and they all, they all walk in a line. They, they, it's kind of cool, man. They're working a good thing over there. They got them, they got, they hold bubbles in their mouth. And they're like, I was like, I don't get the bubbles in the hand behind the back, but it's working, everybody's calm, right? So they get them, they get them here and they get here, and I go, okay, so how long do I got? And I got Pastor Liz and Roxanne with me, you know, and I'm like, how long do I got? I forgot 15, 20 minutes with these kids. They're like, you got like three minutes. I'm like, I got three minutes. They go, yeah, we got to figure out, the, they got ratios for everything, the age, the time, how much they could receive, how much they could do. I go, all right, three minutes? I could pump out a powerful servant in three minutes. I'm good at this, man, I got this, right? Yeah, put the kids out there. I get out there, and I'm going, oh, my God, in heaven. They're climbing on the chairs. They're running all over the joint. I'm like, oh, over there. And I'm, like, losing it real quick. Like, I was in it, but I'm losing it. I'm losing it real fast, right? So I'm trying to regain it. So I regain it. And this is what I told them. I said, okay, here's what it is. I said, you ever hear about David and Goliath? They're like, ah, ah, I was like, don't throw those rocks because that's in the story. So chill out. So I don't give rocks to grown-ups or children, all right, right? So I said, here's all you got to remember, because I'm shot out. I'm two minutes in. This thing, I lost the whole room. I'm a disaster. They do way better than me. This is all I told them. I said, remember this. You're strong, and you're courageous. That's what I got out of it. I went in, bro, I had the whole room. The girls, the boys. Remember this. You're strong, and you're courageous. I got the whole room pumped, right? Teachers are looking at me like, he lost it. He's done. I was like, take these kids back over there. I'm done. So like, I'm sweating. I felt like T.D. Jakes. I'm sweating. I'm done, right? But I told him, I said, I'm, you, you're what? You're strong and you're courageous. I don't think nothing of it. thought it was a decent servant. Probably got a five out of a ten. I'm doing all right. I held the room. About three, four, or five weeks later, whatever, I went over there. I was walking by to go do something. And one of the little boys came up to me and goes, I'm strong and I'm courageous. 
I said, that's what I'm talking about, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Don't you ever forget with God, you're strong. You're going to do this in the mirror. And you're courageous. No matter what life throws at you, you remember, I'm strong and I'm courageous. Because guess what? That's the truth of the word of God. He said, I'm going to make you strong and I'm going to make you courageous. Why? Because God is with me. I'm not strong in my own ability. I'm not strong in my own strength. I'm not courageous. My knees are knocking, but guess what? The word of God is still in my mouth. Come on. You're not always perfectly put together, but the God we serve is, so he can keep me together. Amen? Ain't that great news? That's what I was thinking about because he gives me hope. Why? Because that resurrection power gave me faith, and that faith has changed my world. Look what it says here in Hebrews 11.1 because I really like this. And I know Hebrews 11.1 is really cool in the King James, but it loses a lot of people. It loses me. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. By it, the elders obtained a good report, and we understand the world was framed by the word of God. What does that mean? This reads better for me. So I'm reading it to you. Now faith brings our hopes into realities. How many got hope? Man, if you lose your hope, we're in trouble. Don't lose your hope. You can hope again. Come on, look at your neighbor and say you can hope again. Look at your neighbor. That's the person next to you. That's the neighbor. That's church talk, right? Look at your neighbor and say you can hope again. Look at your other neighbor and say you can hope again. You can hope again. Sometimes we lose hope. You ain't never felt hopeless? Come on, man. Everybody in this room's felt hopeless. Hopeless, helpless, hindered, held back. I felt it all. Every H you got, I felt it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But guess what? Even when you feel like, well, I lost all hope, the God of hope can show up. Look what he says about faith. Faith empowers your hopes. So now here's the thing. What happens if you lose hope? Faith's got nothing for your future to push forward. Hang on to hope. Hope comes from God's word. The Bible says hope is an anchor to the soul. That means soul, just your mind, your will, and your emotions. You ever have your mind tell you, like, this can't work, that can't happen, blah, 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 blah. We all got, like, a war going on in our head, right? You ever been, you know, we all do. Guys, look, nobody in this room is not going through something internally in their mind. You know what I'm saying? So your mind's telling you, you can't be this, you can't do this, you can't do that, not you, blah, 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 blah. Your mind, listen, let me say this, because I feel God in this, so I can help you, okay? I don't need this sermon to be all fancy. I just need to be effective. You've never had an original thought a day in your life. Your thoughts come from God, and your thoughts come from the devil. That's that God's honest truth. You have to have one thing, thought identification. You have to identify where your thoughts are coming from. That's your responsibility. And now here's an easy way. You ready? Derek, you noticed. You've been with me for a while. If it sounds good, it's God. If it's negative, it's the devil. Get rid of it. If you can't, here's, everybody say, love filter. Not your love, not human love, the love of God. If it can't flow, like a filter does, you know, like, you know, we used to do that with coffee, now we got pods. I don't even know what anybody does anymore, right? But if you can't filter it through the love filter, you're not allowed to believe it about yourself. Make sense? Not your love, not human love, agape. Agape, nobody knows what agape is. You know what I'm saying? Not in a weird way. Agape is the love of God. This ain't human love. Human love's selfish. Okay? Human love loves you today, hates you tomorrow, loves you next week. Human love ain't it. I said agape. That's the love of God. God never stops loving you even when you perform wacky. He don't change his love. He don't performance base. He said, I love you for eternity just the way you are, and I don't really care how you perform. I'm not changing the way I love you. So you got to ask yourself, 
Can you filter these thoughts through love, agape? Otherwise, you ain't allowed to allow them in your head. Because if you start leaving in your head too long, it'll get in your heart, and it'll mess up your peace, and it'll mess up your what? Your destination. You got it? Now, look, I can't preach nine sermons, but I can give you a few, okay? So you got what I'm saying? Because I feel your pull. I want you to leave here empowered. Understand that. Look what it says here. Look at this scripture because it's very, very important, okay? Now faith brings our hopes into realities and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things you long for. So faith's my foundation. It is what? It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Now, look, I get it. You go to church. Church is a little weird, right? You got to believe in things you cannot see. You got to speak things you never saw before. You got to believe things you never, come on. That's why it takes faith. Everything takes faith. Getting your paycheck next Friday takes faith. It's true. How do you know they're going to do it? Takes faith to get up tomorrow. Why? Because I don't know, nobody's guaranteed tomorrow. Come on. Everything you do in life takes faith. Remember that. This resurrection power gives me faith. Gives me faith to what? Face tomorrow. Number two, here's another thing I thought. I got four of them. I'll be quick. Number two, I thought about this. What does it do here? Oh, you want those other ones? Let me give you these. You got time. Flip your note sheet over. Let me give you these. These are good. These will help you. I felt the Holy Spirit there. Okay, what's the problem when my faith's messed up? Write this down. I overemphasize the negative in my life. Write that down. I'll be quick. Okay? Because I don't want you to miss those. Those are good. I got quickened by God to give you those. When my faith's messed up, I start overemphasizing the negative in my life. You ever do that? Nothing works out good for me. Everything. You don't know what I'm talking about. Let me show you what happens. When your faith is not focused on the positive and the God that you serve and all that stuff, guess what you become? Negative. Dr. Negative. Nothing's right. Come on, we all do it. Stop. Come on. Get with me here today. You know I'm telling you, right? Nothing works out good for me. It's all bad. Too much traffic on Granada. Blah, 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 blah. This place is becoming Orlando. Blah, 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 blah. Come on. You know what you do. You're negative, negative, negative. She doesn't doubt us. This, this. Come on. What am I trying to get you to see? When faith is displaced, I start what? I start what? I become what? Negative. I overemphasize the negative, and then what happens is this. Because I'm overemphasizing the negative, I lose what? Touch of what is going on in the positive. That's why it's important to keep your faith. Number two thing right here is this. I understand this. I underestimate the abilities that God has in himself and in me. I underestimate the abilities God has in himself and he has in me. You start underestimating your ability. Once you lose faith, you start, oh, I don't know if I can do it. What do you mean you don't know if you can do it? You can do it. Why not you? Why not now? Why not today? You start underestimating what God said. Oh, did God really tell me that? Yeah, he told you that. He didn't forget what he said. Why are you? Once your faith gets displaced, my vision starts to waffle. Come on. That company's your company. Came from God. That didn't come from nowhere from space. It came from heaven. It was God's idea. Why not you? Write, read, do whatever you want to do. I don't know what you want to do. Do a play for crying out loud. I told, I told some of these creative people in here, there ain't no telling what they're going to do. And when they do it, I said, just don't forget me, all right? 
don't forget me because when you guys all become famous, I don't want to say you don't know me because you all are going to probably have like a real good life and you need to remember Pastor Chris because I was with you in the beginning when you had nothing. Come on. Don't forget me, all right? Don't forget me when it's just a dream. You know what I'm saying? They all, they, they, they forget you when you get in the league. You know what I'm saying? They all knew you when you had and they try to find you later, right? Come on. Understand this. Do not underestimate and don't overemphasize. Don't overemphasize the negative and don't underestimate God's ability. Because you know what I told the kid? Kid came in there after service. And you want to know what God said in his word? He said, I put the span of the seat. Little, little kid came in the lobby and said, you know what I learned today in church? I said, what's that, buddy? Little Ian came up to me. He said, I understood what you said because I told him this. I said, God said in his word that I put the span of the sea in the palm of my hand. So from his thumb to his pinky, God Almighty put the water of the world in his hand. That's what the Bible says. And he put all the sand in the earth in a bucket and carries it around. That's my terminology, that one, but it's true. He put the stars in the sky. He told the ocean to stay. He put the mountains and formed them. You're telling me you can't fix your problems? Don't you ever forget it. That little kid came up to me today. He goes, you know what I learned in church? I said, what did he learn? Pastor Liz was there. She, he said, I learned that God put the water of the world in his hand. I said, you got it, buddy. Don't ever forget it. Change your life forever. God's big enough to meet every single need you got every single season you're in. Because you know why? He loves you and he cares about you. And, and let, let me tell you this one. You ready for this? And he don't care how you got in the mess. He'll get you out. Now, don't go getting in a mess because some of you will say, Pastor Chris said I can get in a mess. Pastor Chris did not say you could get in a mess. Pastor Chris said even when you are in a mess, he'll get you out of a mess. When you put yourself in a mess, he'll get you out of messy. Why? He's the God to get you out of the messy. Come on, somebody. That's why I'm shouting. That's why, that's why a couple weeks ago, a couple, what was it, a couple weeks ago, we had, we had church, you know? And then sometimes we get a little wild around here. We won't do that today because we got visitor visitors, you know? But we get a little wild. We were getting wild. They get nervous around here. Like, Pastor Chris, they asked me, or like, is this going to be one of them services? I said, I cannot be held accountable for anything that happens in this building. It's not going to be one of those services. Relax, right? <sighs> Breathe, right? But people were really getting their praise on. And a couple people got their praise on at another level. And I said this. I said, I learned never to critique someone else's praise because I don't know the pain they went through in life. Amen. You know, when somebody in your row goes off, you know what I'm saying? You've been there. You know, church, like, they're excited about something, right? They were getting their praise on. I said, I never critique anybody else's praise because I don't know the pain you walk through. You know what I'm saying? So don't worry about it, man. God's with you in the journey. And if you have a little praise and shout, it'll be all right. Why? Because God's working everything out. Look at this. Two, check out what he did. He said, he gave me hope for the here and now. Write it down, he did. You got hope for right here, and you got hope for right now. Now, this world ain't giving you no hope. Ain't no hope out there, man. I'm telling you, man. People everywhere are looking for what? Hope. But you know what happens? We look for it in the wrong places. Hope's going to come from this. Hope's going to come from that. Nah, man. Hope's going to come from God and his word. It even says, look, this scripture will get you. You know, I, I was reading this, and I kind of like this. Look at this um, Colossians scripture here, um, 2.8. Beware that no one distracts you. Or intimidate you in their attempt to lead you away from Christ's fullness by pretending to be full of wisdom when they want. They're filled with endless arguments of human logic. For they operate in humanistic and clouded judge based on the mindsets of the world system and are not the anointed truths of the anointed one. That's Jesus. What's he saying? He's saying this world doesn't work on the system that we work on. That's why it's whacked. 
getting wackier by the minute. Come on, it doesn't take a genius to know this world's whacked out. Okay? I don't care what you know, party you're with. I don't care what you believe. The world's whacked out. We've lost our moral compass. Tell the truth. That's the truth. You know it's true. I'm going to say it. That's why we got security here to keep me safe. I say whatever I want. Okay? So, and I'm going to say whatever I want. I want. I got, gonna, God keeps adding lawyers. I'm happy. I'm going to need all of you. Praise God. Amen. Glory to God. Why? Because I'm going to say what I want to say when I want to say it. Listen, this is the truth of the word of God. The world's opinion of stuff is whack. We live on a different system. So we have hope because our hope comes from the Lord, not from what's going on out these doors. But you know what hope is? Hope is, write this down, it's confident expectation with joyful anticipation. That's hope. That's biblical hope. Tom, that's what biblical hope is. Joy, you understand that? It's, it's confident expectation. I'm expecting things. Man, when your expectation goes out the window, you got problems. Keep your expectancy. Where do I get hope from? The Word. I'm telling you, hope comes from the Word of God. Look what it says. Right? Look at Romans 15, 13. Just write these down or just remember these. Right? Just remember them. That's all you got to do. Just remember these scriptures. This is God. I don't have to interpret the Bible. The Bible interprets itself. Just read it. I gave you a different translation because it's a little bit easier than the King James. Okay? That's all it is. It's passion translation. Same thing. I read it. Make sure it's right. As long as it's great, I give it to you. If not, I wouldn't put it up there. This is truth about God you can believe. Look what he says. Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, I told them in the morning service, I tried to get a cheese fountain here for, like, the Super Bowl. I thought that was kind of cool. They shoot down my ideas. I thought, like, having a cheese fountain would have been great. No, it's not nasty. We're not, it's not like we're going to stick our hand in it. Would anybody stick their hand in a cheese fountain? Really? There you go. This, you guys just blew it. Now we're done. Now we're not getting a cheese fountain. Great. Great. Right away, they're, like, sticking their hands in there, right? It would have been fun. They were like, it's, gonna be, it's not going to be sanitary. I was like, I just want a cheese fountain. Be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Shane, we come in here with chips, bring your own chips, forget it. Shot down, not happening, right? But Jesus said what? I'm a fountain of what? Hope. How can you get around Jesus and not have hope? So here's my question. If you don't have hope, maybe you need to get around Jesus. And he's the fountain of hope. Sounds like that's kind of like his thing. He's hopeful. I don't think you get around Jesus like, nah, you should quit. Packing in, it's over. I don't think you get around Jesus, and he's like, nah, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> I never went to pray about something, and God's like, nah, you better forget that one. That's too big for me. How about you? You get around Jesus, he's a pretty hopeful guy, huh? Hey, you know what? Not to be weird, he's like, hey, look at the nails in my hands. I'm pretty sure I can handle that. Not trying to be, you know, hey, look at the, did you raise from the dead? Come on, can you get on, get on the page with it, right? Did, or you, no, I did. And you will. I can meet your needs. I can help you. I can give you hope even when it looks like it's hopeless. That's what he promised. I can promise you hope in the here and now. No matter what you're facing. Confident expectation, joyful anticipation, God can change my life. Here's what I discovered about hope. Real hope is based on God's word, not my wishes. Write that down. Real hope is based on God's word, not my wishes. Just put it on the back of it. There's not in the notes thing. Every once in a while I get inspirational, throw some extras in there. You know what that means? Sometimes I don't really like what I'm walking through. And I really wish it wasn't here. But even though it's going on, 
I got hope God can get me through. You know, we went through some, we go through stuff all the time. There's a lot of times in life we go through stuff I don't want to go through, but I got to hang on to hope even when I can't see hope working. Who in this room hasn't? Resurrection power gives me hope no matter what. Why is that? Because this hope I'm basing my life on isn't based on what I want. It's based on who he is. Here's another thing, too. Remember this, and don't forget this. Write this down. How can my hope can be really solidified? Because my loving father will never abandon me. That's God. He'll never abandon you. You might think, I'm so far out there, God left me. No, God never left you. God cannot abandon you because the Bible says when you do not remain faithful, he still remains faithful to you. So when I was unfaithful, he's still faithful. He never stops in his faithfulness even when I stop with mine. He can't abandon you. So why can't he abandon you? Because on the, remember on the cross when Jesus said this, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? We just went through Good Friday. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of a sobering moment when you realize that there. And the only time he ever said, he said that word, he said, Allah, Allah, sabachthani. What does that mean? He said, my God, my God, why has you forsaken me? He forsook him so he never has to forsake you. God did turn his back on Jesus on the cross because he had to. You know why he turned his back on his only begotten son? So he never has to turn his back on me and you. The only, I said this for decades, and I never understood it. Jesus never cried out because of the pain. He cried out because of the silence. The nails through the hands, you never heard him shriek. The lashes on his back, you never heard him cry. The beatings, he didn't whimper. The blood, the, the, the unmerciless beat, beating, he didn't give a peep. The superhero, man. But on the cross, when his father's presence left him, he cried out the only time in his life, where are you? Why did you leave me? I've never lived my life without your presence, and I don't understand what's going on. Silence is sometimes the most deafening thing you've ever seen in your life. Pain almost gives me an emotional response, but silence doesn't. I don't understand. Where are you? In that moment in time when Jesus became sin and he exchanged everything that we did as sinners so he can give us everlasting life, God had to turn his eyes from the only begotten son and turn his back on the one that he loved. So he's never got to turn his back on you. Nobody else can do that. He did it for you. That's the truth. That's why we find hope in there. Here's the big one, two, three. He's given you peace to face your past. This one, wow. This one's tough, man. A lot of people live in regret. He's given you peace to make peace. He lets me make peace with my past. You don't have to be a prisoner of your past anymore, guys. It's time to become a pioneer of your future. What does that mean? We all live with regret. Come on. Who hasn't done anything jacked up? I do something jacked up every week, not willfully, but, but so many people are living in regret, and you got to realize regret's a time thief. It never lets you live in the here and now. It's the past trying to come into today and take your tomorrow. Don't do it. Check this out, right? I can't do nothing about it. yesterday. Yesterday's gone. Can't fix it. Can't change it. Can't do nothing about it. A lot of you want to keep going back and reminisce it. Why? All it leaves is regret. Tomorrow... 
I really don't know what's going to happen. It's coming, but I'll be ready by what I do today. So I can't do nothing about yesterday, and I really don't know what I'm going to do with tomorrow. So all I got is right here and now. And what I figured out is this. Don't let the past come into today because it's a time thief of where God's trying to take you. Don't let regret get in your mind. Leave it out. You made a mistake. Look at this scripture in the Word of God. Wild, man. They got it for me, right? That GMT. This thing is so good, man. I love this thing. Like I told you, it's good to interpret. There is no one on earth who does what is right all the time and never makes a mistake. Ain't that good? Hey, anybody in this room never made a mistake? Raise your hand. Thank you for the no hands. Because if you raise your hand, that'd be a mistake because you're a mistake. Right, what do you mean? Everybody made a mistake. Cut it out. What's the matter with you? You don't think you made a mistake? Ask your wife. After that, ask your mother. Trust me, they'll find something on you. They got you, man. They got you, bro. Made a mistake. What time is it? I made like seven already, right? Right? Why? Because we're all going to make mistakes, but I can make peace with the past because resurrection power gave me everlasting life. It's a good one, ain't it? Now look, four, nine o'clock did not get this one, right? It was too, I, I was moving too quick. Four, check out four. God lets me know I can live beyond my human flaws. Stop comparing yourself, man. This one got me, man. I, I threw this one in, right? I felt like you needed it. Resurrection power means living your uniqueness. Stop trying to be like somebody else. There's only one of you in the world. You're the best. You know, there's a guy. He wrote a book. It was phenomenal. He wrote this book. He said, you're an original. Don't die a copy. I was hanging out in Tulsa, and I said, I like your book cover, man. That's a cool book, man. He said, yeah, man. He goes, I wrote that. He goes, I kept seeing people trying to live and be somebody else when God made them an original. Man, stop. You got flaws. We're all flawed. Amen? Come on, man. We're all not perfect. God didn't ask for perfect people. He just asked for what? Save people. Stop trying to compare yourself to somebody else. We all got a little bit of flaws, but remember this. Your flaws are what make you unique. Come on, man. You know what's funny? I was looking at something one time, and it was a, it was a, it was a, a baseball card. It was weird. I was like, I don't know. And they said, you know, you know that card right there is worth more than the regular one? I said, Why? I was watching it, you know. I was like, why is that like that? He said, because there's an error on it. They wrote, there's only one in the world that they did something different with the print and did something wrong, and because of it, it made it what? Unique. So the original card with the guy's right name and the right everything and the right this and the right that was worth this, but the guy with the backwards name and the messed up one, that card was worth more money. Why? It's unique. Everything that's familiar costs the same. You go try to buy something unique, and it costs you more even though it was a mistake. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on. You get what I'm saying? I'm a mistake. Well, praise be to God. I'm unique, baby. Why? There's only one mistake like me in the earth. Come on. Come on. You don't got to be perfect. Be you. Be comfortable in your skin. There's only one of you. We don't need another one of me. Trust me. Ask my wife. She'll tell you. Come on. Be you. Live beyond your flaws. You know, I was telling you about Lazarus, right? I thought of that story today. And I want you guys to get ready because you guys did great. You got all those in you. And I thought about this, right? Jesus was hanging out with the disciples. And he said, hey, look, Lazarus is messed up. And this is really talks about resurrection, so it's going to help you. It's like Lazarus is messed up. He's sick. He's kind of messed up. We're going to go there in a couple days. We're going to get there. It's going to be good. And they're like, okay, Lazarus is sick. Everybody gets a cold, whatever. He'll be okay, whatever's going on. Okay, Lazarus. 
And Jesus says, a couple days later, he goes, nah, he goes, Lazarus is dead. <laughs> and they go, what do you mean he's dead? He goes, well, you know, he goes, he's dead. And they said, well, now we don't have to go because he's dead, right? He said, no, 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 we got to go. And this is what, what the whole story is all about. It was after three days on the fourth day, and Hebrew tradition says this, that they believe that when a body die, when someone dies, that the spirit of the body hovers in the earth for three days. Why that is, I don't know, but on the fourth day, they descend or ascend into heaven. So Jesus shows up on the what day? The fourth day, when all hope is gone. And Mary and Martha come running out, and they see Jesus, and they start weeping. They're like, if you would have came, you could have saved him. You liked him. He was your friend. He was Lazarus. He's dead. He's in there. And Jesus said, don't you know who I am? Don't you know who I am? I'm the resurrection life. She said, yeah, we know who you are, but you got to be here before. He goes, no, 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 no. It's never too late for me. I am everlasting life. And he tells Lazarus, he said, come up out of there, kid. And Lazarus come out there all the way he was. They say, he's stinking. God said, no, he's okay. Jesus said, it'll be fine. He unwrapped his clothes, looked like a mummy. Come on, somebody, he's alive. And I always ask myself this question about this. I said, Jesus, you said it wasn't going to end in death. Why'd he die? He said, no, 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 read it again. He said, I didn't tell you it wasn't going to die. I just told you it wasn't going to end in death. Things might look like they're dead in your life, but I got news for you. Resurrection power means it's coming alive again. Come on. It's all coming alive again because it just might look like it's dead, but I promise you when he steps in, everything comes back to life again. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for these wonderful people. I thank you for what you're doing in their life. I thank you for who they are and what you're saying. And Father, I just thank you that we got to spend Easter together. And I pray these words just solidify in their heart forever that they know and understand how great you are and how wonderful, how wonderful you're going to be to them in their future. We thank you, Father. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.